Anybody want some legs? I did see one oh, today. So many things, dude. Oh, there's so many things going on in the world, and last week we didn't have time to discuss anything. Uh, today, what made me laugh a lot is sitting there on Twitter.com, a hell site that I spend too much time on, yeah. and seeing that, like, oh, The Last Jedi still trends worldwide on Twitter about once a week because people are still that angry about Star Wars The Last Jedi, and then seeing Ryan Johnson getting that $100 million check <laughs> for Knives Out 2 and 3, and just, uh, I... I... <laughs> gonna say anything uh but i just watching those two separate bodies that were i'm not saying if if the people who are still mad about the last jedi went out and did anything else with their lives that they would have a hundred million dollar check but i will say that only one of those two groups is still thinking a lot about the last jedi and the other group now has 100 million dollars <laughs> <laughs> And it's not just Ryan Johnson, it's also Daniel Craig, right? Yeah, Daniel got that twin check. Twin Netflix. <laughs> Netflix got out the fucking paper cutter. You know, the big one that the secretary's office had in school. <laughs> and just fucking, they were like, all right, 100 mil, shunk. 100 mil, shunk. Uh, and uh, Daniel, you asked us to make this out to cash? <laughs> <laughs> weird strange but well, i guess we'll do it whatever you want to do we're a digital medium so paper money is strange to us <laughs> but we still have some capability uh that's actually the the netflix disc operation is a money laundering scheme that <laughs> is how they do that they wash money <laughs> for the netflix mob it's incredible they they wash money and ship it directly to like the duffer brothers via via the instant disc um it's all it's all under the table I love that they, Netflix's only contingencies were Daniel Craig must be in it, which I mean, if you've watched Knives Out, there's no sequel. What sequel for any would... of the characters that are in that movie except Daniel Craig? No, don't like get I, me wrong. There, like you, there could be Marta, you know, yeah, like there I, could be I, other like, characters that pop Out up. Two is not the knife. The titular knife is not about the knives at the hospital she works at. The knives are are about, you know, murder. Murder knives. Yeah. The only character that had any, like, we can make another movie with this person in the center was Benoit Blanc. So Netflix's sure. only contingencies were that Craig be in both movies. No shit. And that they must have at least the budget of the first one, which, like, Modest. I'm Ryan Johnson. <laughs> I made a movie for $40 million. And then another company is like, we'll give you a bunch of money, but you have to make sure you spend at least that much again. It has to be at least <laughs> what? $40 million. And you're like, there wasn't you're... like no more than what you spent on the last one. It was that's, like, no, spend at least that's the what you did last time. That's the $40 million? Okay. 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 Sure. okay. Uh, I guess they're gonna so. they're gonna legit make a movie for thirty five million dollars and then spend five million on fucking craft services. <laughs> yeah, Ryan's gonna blow it out, blow that big five milli. 
Uh, right, because sequels used to, like, go down in budget, is that, like, each, you know, if you watch, like, the original Planet of the Apes movies, they just get, like, sure. cheaper and cheaper and cheaper as <laughs> sure, the sequels go along. no one wants to along. watch them anymore. Right, yeah. is that, like, the idea of a sequel is that, oh, it is literally a cheap cash-in. Now they are expensive cash-ins. Now, now the budget goes up every time, and every, you know, performer's budget goes up every time. Uh, it's, it's, it's wild uh, what's happening. But watching, because today, the same day Netflix cut this check, this $100 million check, was, like, the 15th anniversary of his first movie playing at Sundance brick this like several thousand dollar micro budget indie uh about a, a high school set noir and just like those two things playing opposite each other is so I'll say beautiful <laughs> I'll, I'll call that beautiful that these yeah. two things happening at on the same day yeah it's it's akin to, to uh, Jim Carrey writing himself a check for a million dollars and then being able to cash it million. shortly after. Mm -hmm. Was it 20 million? It was 20 mil. Because like one mil, I'm like, anyone can make one mil. Uh, sure. but he, he wrote that 20 mil um, and he was able to cash it based upon his check for the cable guy. <laughs> <laughs> right. Which like, whatever. So yeah, scrappy filmmaker makes a high school mystery drama doesn't always mean 10 years later uh, that you've got a $470 million deal from Netflix. I would on I would say it probably rarely plays out that way. <laughs> yeah, um, very few get <laughs> being to that play I knew out people that. that made movies about high school kids um, that aren't good. That not aren't bad good. because, you know, love is baked into every fold, but not good. Brick? You? No, no, no. I mean, like, uh, the ones that I've seen that have been made by people I'm liminally interacted with. Oh, uh, well, well, I'm not well, calling well, Brick well, bad, Kev. Oh, Calm okay, down. Okay, okay. Our friendship's like, not at whoa, stake. You were about to lose my your house. <laughs> this house. We love Brick in this house. <laughs> Sorry. You know what I... my favorite news thing from today is? Please. The fact that... <laughs> The fact that, I mean, it's not a fact, right? Um, so the idea that maybe Tennessee Coates <laughs> wrote Red Skull's ideology to 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 paradise Jordan Peterson. Which and is that, like, what? <laughs> it's so fucking <laughs> funny. So... Oh, my God. <sighs> like, okay. So to to catch, I guess, anyone up, because I feel like Ta-Nehisi <laughs> Coates would maybe be nominally less known in our listener circles than than Ryan Johnson. Uh, Ta-Nehisi Coates, sure. you know, a famed like essayist, um, has been run, uh, has has had a long run on Black Panther that's about to end a hundred issues or something like that. He's been on this book right. for a long, long time. Um, and he's also uh, running Captain America right now. He jumped from he was doing Black Panther and, and Captain America simultaneously. And so he took the Red Skull, you know, the Nazi, uh, <laughs> and, and gave him the exact same ideology as <laughs> famed internet carnivore, Jordan Peterson, who sucks. Uh, and, and Jordan Peterson found out today. <laughs> so... Yeah. Isn't this like a two or three year old run? This is not new. 
<laughs> right. <laughs> this this it's not as if the comic came out today and it was like breaking news. It's just someone pointed it out to to Jordan Peterson today. Um and and he was like, "What the hell?" Yeah, perfect. <laughs> what the uh, I don't I don't, uh, I don't understand where all of these people get their comic ideas from. Where is the animosity the of the left coming from? Uh, I mean, that's the unfortunate thing is that he does kind of sound like Kermit, right? Mm. Mm. That's something. What's also funny to. is that these two these two projects that, that Coates has worked on have also led him not un un um, characteristically to other comic work, including that of the 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 the, the, the Superman. He's writing the Superman movie, folks. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, he's writing the next one. Who's directing? There was a, there was, they, they announced know. a, a team. IMDB doesn't say shit. J.J. Abrams. J.J. <laughs> Abrams is producing. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> Woo! I got, well, I got yeah. really worried. You know, we almost got a J.J. Abrams movie, a J.J. Abrams superhero, uh, Superman movie like 10 years ago, right? The other one with uh, Nicholas Kaje as Kal-El? Uh, I, I honestly don't, it's called Superman Flyby. Um, and it was, um, ready to go, um, and it, it fell apart, uh, for, for, uh, various reasons, uh, some of them being that the director was afraid of airplanes and did not want to fly to Australia, so the movie got shut down, uh, and it, instead of that, when that fell apart, that is how we get Superman Returns. Hmm. Interesting. I did not know these. Yes, so now you no, no. now you know a little bit. Uh, Christopher Walken was in negotiations for Perry White. Um, Anthony Hopkins interested for Jor El. Ray okay. Fiennes uh, for Lex Luthor. Uh, okay, this from the Superman Wiki. So uh, I was I was not sold by Walken as Perry White, but then hey, the next two are fucking we gotta heavy publish hitters. Newspapers. <laughs> No articles about this Superman. Headlines don't sell papes. Newsies sell papes. <laughs> yeah, those are. I just those... need. I just need him now as J. Jonah Jameson. <laughs> Spider Man, hero or villain? I don't just... need <laughs> headlines. I need pictures of Spider Man. <laughs> <laughs> of Spider Man. I need uh. pictures of. Spider Man. <laughs> well, you know, <laughs> I have petty cash. Oh God! Yeah. Here's two hundred dollars of petty cash. Go, <laughs> go buy yourself a camera and a sandwich. <laughs> Get me a little picture and a sandwich <laughs> of Spider Man. Get yourself a roast beef sandwich <laughs> and find me Spider Man. <laughs> Oh, good. Stupid. One of the welcome, worst. Welcome, world. We just made that happen. <laughs> I uh, love Christopher Walken. Uh, famed Broadway song and dance man, uh, Christopher Walken. Um, who is, I know he's just become a meme at this point, but he is like one of, they're really talented. is nobody else like him, you know? Yeah, no, he's talented and unique. For one sure, of those fucking sure. screen presences that you're like, were you, if you're watching a movie and Christopher Walken shows up, you ever mad? No. <laughs> No, it's no. like if you're watching a movie and Robert De Niro has a cameo, and you're like, oh, okay. Hey, all right. Okay. <laughs> okay. What movie was that? Was that fucking American Hustle? 
Yeah, uh, yes, uh, where, like, late in the game in American Hustle, they're just, like, at a poker game, right? And Robert like, three quarters in, and they're like, like oh. this, there's this big bad, though. And you're like, okay. And then he walks, and you're like, oh, shit. Oh, oh shit. shit. Bobby? Okay. Bobby De Niro? Bobby De Niro showing up. Bobby? Are you, is this guy going to play the Irishman in six years? <laughs> oh, my God. So, I, uh, it's not going to happen. But it'd be really what? great if. Coates could write Blade. That feels like it needs to happen. He would... What an interesting Blade film. Yeah, that's true. Because for what it's worth, like, his Black Panther run took a few few issues to, like, really get me because he he dove in with, like, let's just make this really wordy and really heady and really dense. Yeah. Yeah. It took him a while before he started writing comics instead of essays with pictures sure that right. um it, it and that's a transition a lot of people yeah. have trouble making if you're used to a fully print medium or like there's also very few like you know film and television writers that have been able to make that transition very smoothly because it is like its own completely unique beast right. and it, it took a little while before it felt like oh i'm reading a a comic book um, right. Comics I'm not reading are... a, a history museum insert. Right. With like brief bits of, of dialogue I, instead of reading like a non-traditional essay. And I think there's some things he gets to in that run. I haven't read the whole thing, but that are like very interesting, impactful, emotional. It just takes a little while. It's so yeah. dense right off the bat. And it, 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 it takes a little second before like he clicks into that gear. And then by the time he's doing Captain America, he's like fully adapted to the medium he's working in. Like that is comics and comics don't respond well to being very wordy. They, they don't, there's a, there's a smoothness that has to be there. Like the, the art has to, to tell so much of the story just by the necessity of the medium you're you're working in in the same way that like if you try to watch a movie that's just people talking the whole time <laughs> it's, oh so like it's most abducted. most it's, insulated scenes of anything sorkin yeah. it's so you know because i think the guys that are good at that like sorkin know that a you have to like keep things moving you know right. short scenes they they can't go on forever and ever and ever. Uh, we you know take a drink. The social network those are short, quick scenes. Yeah, that are it's a very wordy movie, but yeah. it, it's always but everything moves moving. so quick you can't get bored. Right. I like. I feel like there's not a scene in the social network that's five pages long. You know, maybe Weird. the final scene, but that seems maybe slow on purpose. The fuck you flip flops scene. Yep. You know, like yeah, maybe, maybe that scene. But everything else is, it's tight, it's quick, it's concise, and and that is to its advantage. You know, people yeah. like to talk about how Tarantino is very talky, and he is, but he also has a section of each movie with little to no dialogue, where it's just like the action and the score are telling the story at this point. Inglorious Bastards does have a 15-minute scene where they play a card game, but it's also like the Hugo Stiglitz scene is not very far away from, from that sequence, right. you know? Right. I, uh, so in my, in my research while, um, thinking I was about, yakking. <laughs> well, not just that, not just that. It was actually a pretty immediate 
Discovery. The writer for fucking Blade was the story editor and executive story editor for Watchmen. The television show? Yeah. And Hunters. Which was that Amazon show about Nazi hunters? Nazi hunters. Pacino. Yeah. I watched the first episode of that, and it was too violent, I think, for the wife. But I was like, yo, I'm sold as fuck. It seemed um, good. I just, I have not gotten her. The, the Amazon Prime app still remains basically unclicked on my PS4. Yeah. Um, yeah I'm, I'm once in I it got the through Fleabag, I was like, <laughs> man, yeah, Fleabag. Sure. Fleabag fucking ribs that's yeah we don't have so to tell good. any anyone no, listening to nobody this show knows, nobody, nobody listening to this show doesn't know that <laughs> and if you haven't seen fully bag it's like 14 30 minute episodes it's like a it is british I was yeah about to watch say, it it's one like day a with a sitcom. bottle of wine it's incredible right. you'll be yeah fine. you could that's a good weekend and that's not even like most of your weekend you could watch all of fleabag and still have a lot of time for activity <laughs> you could like watch fleabag and have strategically placed brunches and nice dinners with friends exactly and <laughs> you wouldn't even you, lose out on social interaction right you could uh like basically the length of your regular meals for two days right if you did three square meals and watched fleabag during each one you could probably finish fleabag in two days yeah it's great it's great watch that fucking show yeah watch fucking fleabag what are you doing listening to us (laughs) just stop listening to this go watch fleabag and then come back i don't care if you're driving (laughs) (laughs) It will still be the best thing you did. Absolutely. Um, the last thing you did, but the best thing you did. That, that's the good time to do the best thing, Kev. Right Cheers. before it's over. <laughs> Cheers. <laughs> Cheers. Oh, man. Have my little gin with a sprig of rosemary. Mm, fancy as fuck. Have you? Uh, damn, that is fancy as fuck. I'm drinking day-old water. Uh, this is, of course, Advanced Community Studies, a podcast yes. where we watch and talk about the American television comedy show Community, one or two episodes, at a time, we are the premier podcast of the Yahoo Screen Podcasting Network, RIP Yahoo Answers. Uh, I am one of your hosts, TV's Kevin Lanigan, and I look like the road manager for the California Raisins. <laughs> I'm the daddy host, the hostess with the mostest kids, and I am the system. I consume humanity. Congratulations. Uh, no, it's not good. You, you faked you a all robot taste fight? awful. You all <laughs> taste awful. You faked, yeah. You staged a robot fight? <laughs> that is a moment. I'm sure we'll talk about it. That is the... You know how Troy often flirts on this line of, like, stupid guy to Troy should not be alive <laughs> at this point? Yeah. That moment yeah, sure. flirts a little too close with, like, how is this dude alive? How is he? How is he's too dumb to exist? Does, too, does he think that cruise control on cars is autopilot? Like, yeah, it's there's too there's too many things in our everyday life that he would have he, you know that complete fictitious lie where everyone believed that Orson Welles radio broadcast of War of the Worlds, um, that just absolute yeah. fabrication. Uh, Troy actually would. Troy would be the one guy who would hear Orson Welles who was very famous at the time of that radio play. Also, radio plays were very popular, but you expect yeah. me to believe that a bunch of people thought it was real? <laughs> Come on! Radio plays were like the dominant form of entertainment. I remember reading that as a kid and being like, 
Oh, to write something so convincing. <laughs> as as H.G. Wells is born of the world. A work of stark realism. People shot at water towers thinking they were... No, they lived next to those water towers. What do you think? They, they don't want water towers. <laughs> they don't... Oh, my God. It's like the... You know that one where, like, there's the first footage of, like, a train moving at a movie screen and you hear this story that, like, people in the theater ran from the screen because they thought a train was about to hit them. And I'm like, okay, one, they knew they were about to watch a motion picture. (laughs) Two, that that train was shot on, like, 1800s film. It did not approach photorealism in three, any way. Three, they're all people that you could paint ra- a road into the Looney Tunes onto a wall who would believe that they could run into it and become a cartoon. Four, <laughs> silent films did not have sound. And trains are very loud. Five, uh, it was in black and white. You expect me to believe they thought the train was real? Everyone, it's just, hey, that's the power of marketing, is that, like, all these decades later, we're parodying these these marketing talking points about film uh, as if they were true, when they were never true. Uh, See also the height of Napoleon Bonaparte, who was tall for his time. (laughs) Right. But we all think he's a little man. I've been in old houses that have doorknobs that are like three Mm. feet off the floor. And you're like, what? Well, I guess doorknobs are kind of three feet lower than that. Right. You have to stoop to get to the doorknob. And you're like, this is weird. And then you have that like out of body realization. Like, oh, shit. Humans are were smaller. People (laughs) used to be much more small (laughs) than they are now. Generally. Yeah. It's very weird to think Think about about how small like the Spartans uh, were. Um, So I. Oh, my God. Yeah. Think about how little like Jesus and Moses were. <laughs> and it's very it's very cute. Uh so I have two orders of business. One is to close the book on season 4 and one is to open up the book on season 5. And I was going to ask you what order we should do those in, but I think the order kind of <laughs> presents itself. Um <laughs> so I I ran some polls with our beautiful uh Twitter followers uh to yes. sort of wrap up season 4. Uh, well, some and of I just them are like beautiful. To... Some of them are wrong. Go on. Some some of them are very wrong, and some of them uh, have been blocked for being a little too insistent that it's okay to date a teenager. Some of them have been blocked, but they could not see this poll, so their their vote did not count here. Um, oh, I just meant I just meant the results of these polls. But you're uh, you, yes, but also yes. some of the results of these polls are like are wild so you've oh, seen the polls okay this is um <laughs> so you've seen the polls y'all are y'all are just doing this on purpose yeah go on please y'all are share wild. with those who are unaware unaware so, so to put it on the listener record uh the first uh, of these polls who was the season four mvp uh i gave you four options because we as a podcast determined that there were four options for who the mvp was because they were the centerpiece of the two best episodes uh so 16 percent uh, said Gillian Jacobs slash Britta Perry. 17% said uh, Danny Pudi slash Abed. 23% said uh, Donald Glover slash Troy. And 44% said the season four MVP. 
Jim Rash slash Dean Craig Pelton, and I can't say I disagree. <laughs> no, I think no. this one is the one of the three that our listeners got correct. <laughs> sure. <laughs> the rest, folks, we need to have a conversation. <laughs> we need to like sit down with really plain food so you're not distracted and have a conversation about your decision. Have a conversation. Uh, so uh, next, what was the worst episode of season four? Eight percent said the season four premiere, History 101. So by far, people do not hate that one as much as you and I seem to, or at least not compared to other episodes. Seventeen uh, percent said other, so not one of the listed options. Twenty-nine percent said advanced introduction to finality, the terrible paintball episode. Our uh, current vote for worst episode of Community. And 46% of people said the puppet episode was the worst episode of season four, which I just think is objectively not true. No, uh, yeah, it's we. That's weird. It's, that sounds... The hate for that episode is real. The hate for that episode is so powerful. Well, okay, let's qualify, so let's qualify what you mean by real, right? Because and I'm going to speak for you real quickly. <laughs> um, by uh -huh. real, you mean it is a thing, exactly, that exists. It Much exists. like the hate for Nickelback is real. But, like, when it's you ask deserved. somebody why they hate Nickelback, they go, because everyone else does. Um, I think Whereas that's the case with this I episode. Think people have pointed that out about Nickelback is like, well, they sold, like, 8 million albums. So, like, some of you were buying them. <laughs> yeah. some yeah. Some of y'all were like, yeah, fuck them, and then jamming out on your way to... Oh, I know. was jamming out, and I am not ashamed of it. I think they're no. fun. I think yeah. they're fun. They have <laughs> several songs I know by heart and haven't listened to in years, but should they come on, I'm singing it. I'm through with standing in line to clubs I'll never get in. <laughs> like the bottom <laughs> of the ninth, and I'm never gonna win. It's so good. It makes sense. It rules. It's, yeah, we're coming out of I saw them. Fans. I saw them live. If we, were, if we haven't lost all our listeners... <laughs> <laughs> you and I saying Nickelback is good uh, will be the, the last nail in our coffin. It's all right. We get to talk about Dave Matthews soon. So, like, hey, they ho, can ho. chill. <laughs> and, and one. Yeah, so give <clears throat> us yeah, the ahead. last and most um, egregious of the erroneous poll. The last poll. Uh, what was the best episode of the gas leak year? 9% uh, said other, none of the listed options. 25% said basic uh, human anatomy, the body swap episode. 29% said herstory of dance. And 37% said the puppet episode. So it has been crowned both the best and the worst episode. It's of the Nicolas Cage of community before. episodes. Ah, perfect metaphor. Everybody's You're something. Welcome. Johnny Depp, the bad kind of good. Is the puppet yeah. episode the bad kind of good? Who can say? They can. Or is it the good kind did. of bad? Yeah, our listeners decided. <laughs> yeah, they decided for us. It, we must they decided that it is both Jean-Claude Van Damme and Johnny Depp. This is <laughs> this is the reality we must live in now. Unfortunately. One where we have to think of that episode as the best and worst. So congratulations to us, I guess. Um, and, uh, for, for so, improperly educating our listeners. <laughs> absolutely. Uh, y'all are wild. Basic human anatomy is the best episode. Advanced introduction to finality is the worst. And it's not even close on either of those competitions. No, <laughs> not. You're all very wrong. And I cannot believe how wrong all of you are. So wrong. So wrong.
which makes me think it was we got trolled. Like it was just wrong for wrong's sake. I think we had, we definitely did have a saboteur, uh, friend of the show, former guest Dan Barnes, definitely uh, swayed many people toward the puppet episode, rallied the troops. Uh, I don't as know. As best if, or worst? As best. Uh, rallied his troops for best episode. Um, and I, I just, you know, it is what it is. Democracy won out. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> uh, stop the steal count the votes oh God. the i can't believe the biden crime family stole our community episode election yeah it's a little absurd i i really want to look at that uh at the laptop uh, what's on what what is on the lunch ladies emails i think that will <laughs> that will unravel this whole election we all conspiracy. know that dean pelton is in a security a secure security risk He's but still as- we give him access to student records and a computer of his own and have, knowing those two facts alone means that any election that exists while he is in power is in question it's inherently called into question yeah. who's counting the votes you know that's what that's what we have to ask uh yes it was uh, the twitter algorithm but i don't i don't trust i they don't. say chang didn't count the votes but i know that chang counted the votes yeah i know that he, okay he didn't count them personally but like his people were the only ones in the room so that's right. that's all i'm saying it's being it's being tossed uh in the in the trash uh i saw a fucking <laughs> van with city college painted on the side dumping votes and laughing uh <laughs> all that other shit people from my high school have shared on facebook.com <clears throat> but that but, communist am i right yeah absolutely uh the everyone knows that facebook is famously left leaning so uh to open up uh season <laughs> five uh you know uh, mark zuckerberg my favorite model democrat um to open up the the book on season five i actually want you and i to to play a sort of betting game i want to i want to call our shots here um on the grand season rankings how do you think season five is going to fare as a whole compared to other seasons i think it will outperform season oh i had it hold on i think it'll outperform season three but not one or two. Okay, so that is weird because you have the order kind of. Uh, so our our bottom is season six, obviously, average of sixty nine. Then above that is season one with forty nine. Um, then season three with thirty four, and then season two with twenty seven. Oh, season three is in second. Yeah, there's a lot of bangers in there. You know, there, it, no, it, there are, there are. Huh? See, I think season five is name name the order for me again. Two, three. One four. Huh. See, this season has this and the next season have the the benefit of having fewer episodes to bring the score down, and also the the disadvantage of having fewer episodes to bring the collective score up. Right. So, like, if there's a few stinkers, it can really impact the overall. Luckily, and I, I season five and, and as season much six as I both like rel- season five and six, there's a couple iffy ones right. along the way. They're relatively devoid of, of stinkers. I agree. It's a really good hit ratio from, from yeah. here to the end. Uh, I th- It's definitely going to beat season four. And I think yes. on the whole, because season five just has like four out and out complete bangers. 
that yeah. I think will take it up above season one's overall average. Even sure. if there are a couple in here that, that are going to get a little dicey, I still think it's going to, it will be our new third place slot. Yeah, and like I was saying a moment ago, like I think that because there's only 13 episodes, Mm-hmm. That we're gonna, it's gonna have the benefit of like having, you know, seven episodes that are like these are all right, finding themselves in the thirties and forties, yeah, uh, of our ranking, and then it's gonna have four episodes that are really good, finding themselves in like the top ten, twenty, mm-hmm. and then maybe two episodes that drop it back. But those two episodes at that point are kind of inconsequential if the rest of the show is so far up. Right. So, well, you, can yeah, r- yeah. you can write off a couple of missteps if they're balanced out by a couple of big hitters. And I yeah. think this season has more big hitters than it has missteps. Um, and even still, its missteps are probably better than the missteps, I think, of probably season three and definitely season four. I think so. Uh, so it's... I, I I think it's going to shake out one. It, who knows how this ratio is going to balance out versus like season three. I think season two is insurmountable. It, there's there's no getting over the season no. two hill. It's it's too steep a climb. But yeah, what was the percentage difference between it and the next runner up? So it is like uh, 27.9 and the next one is 34.5. So it's not a giant gulf, but to get an average of. 27 uh, on a list that is currently 82 or 84 i don't i don't understand how anybody could come in and 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 possibly topple that slot now i wonder though what will happen because when we start ranking these episodes the other episodes rankings will the other seasons rankings will change will drop so does season five or season six or maybe season five and six together Mm -hmm. have the the weight to push season two a little further down, or if not to worm its way in between season three and season two. I know it, anything could happen. It's, it's anybody's ball game at this point. It's all displacement of water. Yeah. It's all, you know, it's rock soup. You know, you just put enough rocks and it looks like you have more soup. I I'm very curious to see how this will shake out. So it seems like you and I are mostly in agreement with, with where this is going to, where this is going to end up. Uh, this has been sports center. If I if I have the time tomorrow, I'll put in some <laughs> generic <laughs> sports center music. I probably won't, though. No, <laughs> Listener, no, you fine. know whether or not I've done that. Uh, and one more brief bit before we dive into season five. I kind of want, like we did for season four, I kind of want to set up like a tone setter, like a thesis statement for what we're about to do here, if I if I may, because I think everyone agrees that community one through three is pretty fucking great. That is basically universally agreed upon, that those three seasons are are pretty uniformly excellent. And it's after that that things get shaky. Some people really hate season four. Some people don't see as much of a difference with season four. Like, especially people that don't know the history don't see the differences. So that's right. an interesting topic of conversation. Uh, but I see, because I spend too much time on Twitter.com. So I see people like, oh, I just finished Community for the first time. I didn't like the last couple seasons, you know, et cetera, et cetera. I see that pretty frequently um, of people dissing these last two seasons of community. But I think, and I hope that, especially as we're taking these seasons slower than we have the seasons previous, that we're that we're going to get into 
why these why I find these two seasons so interesting and compelling and thematically rich uh sort of sort of underappreciated and skipped over in a lot of ways you know i yeah. i i kind of want our very limited scope here of our podcast to be a sort of critical reappraisal of these very messy you know the behind the scenes of these seasons were tumultuous because you have cast members leaving they're fucking moving to yahoo screen uh i think a lot of fans who were watching for the first time like got exhausted around this point they're like my heart can't take this like up and down thing yeah. <laughs> anymore i've talked to a lot of people that have experienced that and i just i hope that because uh, we're gonna do these not every episode being just one episode of these seasons but taking it slowly and really like piecing apart why these have been so fascinating to to me over the years um i don't know just a statement of purpose here yeah. at the top yeah no i think that's i think that's a good uh, a good way to come into it it's it's interesting because i unlike so many people uh, and also like a lot of people came to the show almost entirely after it was finished i it started in 2009, right? Yep. And so it ended in 2015. Correct. And I got to it in 2014. Um, so I'd caught everything but the Yahoo season. And I remember having difficulty catching the Yahoo season for the most part. I maybe saw an episode. Mm -hmm. um, it was hard to watch. Like, <laughs> Yahoo screen yeah, did not make it easy on us. It didn't make it easy at all. Yeah. Um, the only people that I know that can navigate the Yahoo space are the McElroy brothers. And they're completely different. Um, but uh, <laughs> the reason I finally did get to it was when it got added to Hulu, like well, almost a full calendar year after, right? Like six, nine months after. Yep. Um, so that being said, I didn't really interact with a lot of the like, tra not trauma. Drama is what I meant to say. Yes. Um, so I came into, I mean, I came into community and was able to, to basically mainline the first five seasons until season six was conveniently on Hulu the next day I logged in. So right. the, a lot of the like turmoil I got to miss. So season five and season six hold a kind of different place for me. Like it wasn't that like a lot of stuff's changing and things are kind of going away, not away. One word, going a space way, going a direction. Um, and instead, it was like a much more quick, much less painful. Like, oh, this show's getting ready to end. You know what I mean? Yeah, it wasn't a long, drawn-out process of six years right. for you. It, it right. Was it was, instead, it was like right a year and ends. a half. Yeah. And like, as cast members started to leave, it felt more like the same way I encountered The Office, which was... Mm -hmm after the office had completely ended. So by the time seasons six, seven, eight, and nine are happening and like people are leaving and new people are mains and Steve Carell's gone and fucking Robert California shows up. I was like, okay, weird, whatever. The show did this. It wasn't like a, this person's been doing this for six years and I've built this relationship and it's, and now they're gone. It was like, no, I was in a lot of episodes. I get it, but also like cool. So anyway, long diversionary series of <laughs> thoughts right. aside um i'm interested about going through these more critically because season five and season six kind of missed me when i watched them the first time mm -hmm. because i was so into the first four seasons 
and like the dynamic that existed that as soon as pieces started to fall out i started to like eh, it's losing its spice and then I, when i came back to it years later and i'm not gonna say old more mature i watched these shows when i was <laughs> 22 23 and then came back when i was 27 28 which like is time and you do That's mature time. over that time and when you're when you're young those are those years make a lot of difference you know sure Sure. So coming back to them again and watching it through before we started this podcast, I was like, oh, these are actually really fucking good. So I'm interested to see how well my ideas about why they're good stand up against people who like endured the changes as they were happening. Right. Like myself, <laughs> like like me, uh, who, who did it all from day one uh, and was exhausted, but I'm really uh, happy I, I went along the ride. You know, I mean, the there are a lot of big episodes in season five that are immediately standouts, right? Like, yeah. it didn't take me years to appreciate Ass Crack Bandit, Lie Detector, Lava World, Meow Meow Beans. Like, I got those right away. Uh, those are huge hit right out of the gate episodes. And then yeah. it's later that I come around of, like, uh, advanced, advanced Dungeons and Dragons, for instance, right? The second Dungeons sure. and Dragons episode. The first time I watched that, I was like, I don't really get this. I don't think this is very good. And watching it even only a few months ago for like the first time in a long time, I'm like, this is an interesting episode. Yeah. The resolution of this episode is fascinating as like yeah. a piece of drama. <laughs> That's a Also as a piece of like relative, not procedural, obviously, but as a piece of like, sitcom drama right because most of the time you're watching a sitcom something it's going to tie itself up and if it doesn't tie itself up it will the next couple episodes and that episode we're jumping ahead obviously but that episode comes to a conclusion it's not a conclusion that is conclusive and you're like it's not tidy it's not the sitcom thing where everyone hugs at the end of it and no it's just kind of a new way to move forward which is oddly uh prescient regarding the show Right? Yeah. Uh, that it's like, it's conclusive in its own way, but it's open. Anyway, we'll talk about that episode for a long time. Yeah, coming. we'll get there. We'll get there. Uh, but uh, <laughs> let's, let's, let's dive into it for real now. Uh, season five, episode one, Repilot, directed by Tristram Shapiro, written by Dan Harmon and Chris McKenna. Uh, in this episode, Jeff, after failing as a lawyer, returns to Greendale once again uh to and ends up reinstigating the uh save greendale committee with his old study group members minus magnitude uh so this <laughs> don't you guys feel weird doing this without magnitude <laughs> this ep- episode has to act as a complete reinstigation right like it is indeed a repilot they titled it pretty well that like sort of using a similar framework even some of the same like shots like that shot of the quad with the dean speaking over it you know like very intentional echoes of where we started versus where we are um jeff paints that portrait of like britta when you came here you were like a devout you know, a feminist and anarchist, and now you're like 
the group's airhead like what happened here <laughs> what what's the what what ruined you and yeah. and that's a very interesting tale for everyone like behind the scenes for anyone that might not know uh of course dan Harmon was gone for season four gets rehired for season five after uh, basically at the end of season four joel McHale goes up to sony and nbc and says we need him back <laughs> this show will like this isn't right we we need him back for com to for community to be community and so you know some of the writers of season four leave some of them stay dan Harmon uh returns with uh co-showrunner chris mckenna who's written a lot of the shows uh a lot of community's best episodes uh has written a couple marvel movies you know like chris mckenna knows what he's doing yeah. and the the two of them come back and they have to reinvent the show. At the same time, we're learning that Donald Glover is only going to be here for five episodes. So it's like this great crescendo that Harmon is returning. And then this equally like, oh, that that Donald Glover is going to be leaving <laughs> midway through the season uh, because it's yeah. community. So you can't ever like win. You need to win. And then somebody kicks you in the shit, you know? Um, right. And and so that is where we find it here. This episode has a lot of... Uh, material to work through to reinvent itself on the fly and i think on the whole it does a pretty solid job of completely like reinstigating the visual palette of the show like redefining what community looks like uh mm -hmm. redefining the station of our main characters a, a slightly different comedic tone it's a little harsher i think it's a little it's a little more more edge uh filled in this in those first couple episodes i don't know what are what are your thoughts um it's it's interesting like i remember again going back with the 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 story i told moments ago i remember getting to this and not realizing season four felt weird until season five started right and because I didn't have like a year separating the two and because I had no idea the zeitgeist going on behind the scene, not the zeitgeist, what I'm trying to say, the um, scuttlebutt going on behind the scenes, I had no idea, right? So season four just was like, all right, like, like we've said before, like we said several times in the last couple episodes, sometimes shows have an off year. That just happens. happens. So, well, that's what I thought. And then season five happens and it's not just like this isn't an off year. It's like something's different. Something's changed. Um, so agreeing largely with almost everything you said, <laughs> oh, like great. it was really, really interesting to re-encounter or not re-encounter even just to encounter this episode as like a part of a thread that was not broken up by time because it was like a snap, like, oh, things are funnier. People make more sense. Huh. So right. it's interesting, like rewatching it now to see like how much work was done to make sure not to make sure, but to remind people of who people who characters are and how well this episode does taking Jeff, who'd become a very sympathetic character and then reinserting him as like the asshole who's in it for his own gain putting some edge back into him some teeth yeah and like kind of everybody <laughs> comes back with their their weird quirks about them and has to like reassimilate it's 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 i like it 
Yeah. Um, like the the stark difference between like where we end off, because I think a lot of season four kind of just like sanded down the rough ev- edges of this show and these characters and really made it like, you know, more smooth, maybe a little more palatable for a lot of people, like really, really took it down a notch. And the response to that of season five is to come in with the chisel and jag it up everyone more jagged than they've ever been, you know, make them pointier and pricklier to the point where like there's almost this catharsis for me watching in the next episode like magnitude hurl a brick through a window and yell like a pop pop as this like primal scream and i was like (laughs) oh there it is like here it is this this toothy odd often mean show that i've come to love has sort of like returned you know uh, it, yeah. It's this immediate inject. There's just you again, like we were talking about it, like season four, it doesn't feel bad, but suddenly you come back into this episode and you're like, oh, here, like it, characters start sounding like themselves again. And I'm like, oh, here they are. I I almost didn't notice th- how much they were missing until they came back. And you're like, yeah. shit, there's Britta. Like I've been wondering what was like going on. Yeah, like like Troy's cry comes back in a in a way that doesn't feel contrite and stupid, and he says, "I'm as upset as the rest of you." I'll figure out. I'll figure it out and tell you. After everything Scrubs did for him, you know, come back with oh god, what a pressure! What a like this show's always been really self aware. That line, rewatching it again recently, was like, oh shit. They knew They're... ahead of time he was leaving. So, so they were saying what the fans were going to be saying. This is really funny. In his own mouth. Yeah, that, that it's he's, really he's good. Decrying himself. Uh, Zach Braff uh, doing an actual like new voiceover for this episode. That's not a Scrubs clip. He's just doing a new voiceover. Um, Zach Braff, who has still not seen Community to my knowledge, but has this this one uh uh a vocal cameo on the show and it just feels it just i it's it's almost hard to articulate just how much your the rapid fire dialogue coming back and it's just like you can watch chang emerge from a box of files and there's just like 10 jokes right in a row and you're like, oh god, there it is! Like there, it came back to me. It's back. Show. It's back. Yeah. <laughs> it it's just it, the I think the joke per minute ratio, which Community like maybe was winning at on NBC Thursday nights, just like joke, 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 joke. joke. It's it's back. The ratios back up. There's a fucking spike of jokes per minute on the graph. It just catapults back up. Uh, it's it's. It feels so good. I'm not like, this is not like an A-plus episode for me, but just like the the feeling that these first two episodes both dropped on January 2nd, 2014. So like we ring in the new year and then community reboots the next day. Uh, it just feels like this beautiful bit of of serendipity that this is all coming back now. Yeah. I love the little cameo of uh, Allison Bree's longtime boyfriend. 
yes. Now, uh, now, now. <laughs> husband of many years. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Dave Franco, who was a cast member on Scrubs season nine. Uh, bad season, but I have nothing against Dave Franco. It wasn't his fault. Um, <laughs> and just this comes back the uh, God, just the feeling of the the dean i mean jim never stopped being good he was the season four mvp but there's just again just like a different i think it's that he's playing off of jeff who is now he's he's more rigid he's not as soft as he was in season four so it's like an actual comedic repartee yeah it's back to him interacting with jeff who's jeff not jeff who's jeff not right. soft boy Jeff, not weak sauce winger, <laughs> you know, like yeah. he's actually back and and in full form, the skeezy lawyer we get like and there's something season four brought in Joe Latrulio as the lawyer for a couple episodes. And that just always felt to me like, oh, Rob Cordry must have been busy, right? Like yeah. you must have not been able to get Alan for these episodes and that like it's actually Alan back in this like the his longtime like lawyer rival for seasons, you know, it all just feels right and it feels good. Um, and I honestly don't even notice that Chevy is missing at this point <laughs> until they know. Like, and it's really funny that they put the way they pointed. Does this feel weird not doing this with magnitude? Magnitude. Like, oh, damn. <laughs> I love, I love again how aware this show is of itself and like how willing they are to just fucking rub uh, Chevy Chase's nose in it. They frequently like just fuck that guy. But to, but, but Harmon and, and his writing team still know how to use Pierce as an emotional bounce board as an emotional piece right yeah the the hologram here is like exactly what is needed that it's like this will you know pierce has long been the ghost of what jeff could become if he doesn't fix up if he doesn't commit to these this group of people if he keeps pushing this away he'll become pierce the show has not been shy about that idea and you need him here to to remind Jeff of like what is actually important. And that wouldn't work coming from another character, you know? Right. Exactly. exactly. But, but you don't want to subject any actors to Chevy Chase. So you make him a hologram. <laughs> yeah. You do everything in the sound box. And exactly. With one camera on you green screen it. Uh, you get Chevy in and out as quickly as possible. You just have him wear whatever he showed up wearing and you <laughs> and you kick him right back at again. And it and it just all works. And, you know, that that not very subtle symbolic message of burning the old study room table and reinstating a new one. And we're going to we're going to build up a new table and we're going to start again. And it, it just it just works so nicely. It's yeah. just. I like it. I think it sings. <laughs> I, think, yeah. I think it's really strong. It's very good. All things considered. I don't believe in evil, but this school definitely got a finger <laughs> up its butt as a kid. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, and just like man. everyone tried to talk her out of psychology and she's just like, psychology, psychology. <laughs> uh, and then, the, uh, you know, if I'm nitpicking, like, Jeff, don't drop a burning piece of paper on the ground. <laughs> Like, don't, yeah, what are weird. you doing? Uh, also, if you're gonna cover something in gasoline, don't 
then trail said gasoline you're gonna light on fire back to where you're to standing your feet <laughs> <laughs> yeah if i'm if i'm nitpicking uh but the 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 table going up is an important visual piece it's a it's a it's a right statement of purpose Right. In in a way that the show needed, it needed. Uh, here's our new thesis, and it and it's strong and it works. Strong, it works. I, I love it. it. I dig it. Uh, any anything else from this episode before we segue to the next? No, let's do the next. Let's do it. Season five, episode two, introduction to teaching, directed by Jay Chandrasekhar, written by Andy Bobro. Uh, Jeff begins his life as a law teacher at Greendale, uh, and he is office buddies with Buzz Hickey, new cast member Jonathan Banks, fresh off of getting shot on Breaking Bad, uh, (laughs) runs right over to community. Uh, Annie ends up enrolling in Jeff's class, and also Abed ends up taking a class on whether Nicolas Cage is good or or bad and as you might expect ends up having a psychological breakdown <laughs> because of it uh good. so for i guess uh, uh, addressed right at the top jonathan banks excellent new addition to the cast very good <laughs> very good so, like and, it's like the curmudgeon they wanted to get out of pierce but like chevy chase was a little too funny for the role that they maybe needed Chevy's a little too smarmy. He's a little too silly. And then, yeah, and Jonathan Banks is just com- like the whole the, time. He's great. a human growl, right? If you, <laughs> if you heard a sound, the sound of his voice, this is the body you'd build around it, right? That the form he he wrinkled in the right way. That he just has this like callous face <laughs> made for grimacing. It's yeah, one of the, and. It's it's also sorry I cut you up again. No, nah, it's good. It's it's also not just the grimace, right? It's the like disinterested stare. Uh, it's the like if you really think you're getting out of here anytime. It's just like he just fucking just just oozes fucking I'm 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 over it. <laughs> Banks is obviously a great actor, but he also has several gifts as an act like the brow the voice the baldness those ears the nose the the way he wrinkled out it's just like he got so many gifts as he aged that there yeah, he I kept think rolling it- dice for traits and kept getting good rolls <laughs> <laughs> right that like jonathan Banks has been at he's been around forever You know, he's in Gremlins, he's in Airplane, he's been around forever, but he did not, you know, he's played cops on a million things, but he did not take off until he aged into just, like, the most perfect old man character for Like, he just, you could not, again, like, roll traits better suited to playing grumpy old characters. Not since Walther Matthau. Age so perfectly into a grumpy old man. The the honestly, the other actor I can think of that like really aged into it is Michael Keaton. That like Keaton's on this new kick for the last like five years or so because he just aged 
so perfectly. It's not that yeah. he looks, he's not Paul Rudd. He doesn't look exactly the same. He just got wrinkles in the right places. Yeah. Yeah. Somehow Keaton, who was like this silly comedic actor of the eighties aged into every blue collar man. <laughs> I don't know yeah. how he did it, yeah. but he yeah, aged like a plumber. <laughs> like, it's it absurd. Was... I remember hearing, uh, like out of left field that he was going to be in, in, uh, Spider-Man homecoming. <laughs> And sure. I was like, I mean, okay, but like, isn't Vulture sure. like an older guy with who's bald? Right. Like, Honestly, old, an older Vulture dude. looks like Jonathan Banks. Yeah, exactly. 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 <laughs> and then I remember the first scene that he's in. I was like, why? My, for some reason, my brain only remembered Michael Keaton as like Bruce Wayne, Michael Keaton and Tim Burton's Batman, mm-hmm. which was like a smooth, fancy boy who puts on a bat suit and Okay. He was the softest turtleneck lad, you know? Right. But instead, now here he is, this grizzled fucking everyman that's like, oh, oh, time's been good to you. That happens yeah. sometimes. That happens sometimes. I think that I think that the best part about Jonathan Banks for me, too, is we'll see this later, mm-hmm. um, is that, like, despite all of his miserliness uh, and curmudgeoningness, whatever. Uh-huh. Um, is that like there are there are still glimpses in that facade where you can tell like this dude would be a really fucking cool grandpa. Absolutely. But like he's angry most of the time. But when he gets excited <laughs> about something in the in the episodes, or like when he smiles at something, or like when, when he, he comes into the that yeah when he comes into the fucking <laughs> teachers' lounge and is like wingers worried about his curriculum and everyone laughs. It's just fucking great. I want to hang out with that dude. Um, He just fits the group so well because they're, they're down, you know, a a dated old guy, but Mm. they've also kind of always been down just a miserly. I'm fucking over it. Kind of guy. Jeff was that guy briefly (laughs) and Mm -hmm. then quickly got out of it because he started to have, you know, interaction and relationships with everybody else at the table. Right, he needs to be a protagonist of a television show, but that's when you bring in, you know, uh, Bob Kelso on Scrubs, right? Like, Bob Kelso can't be the lead character, but as a supporting character, everybody fucking loves Bob Kelso, you know? Uh, That, like, the I understand the compulsion to bring in a new old guy and when jonathan banks leaves the show they'll bring in another old guy but it's somehow they found three distinctly different old guys with their own unique old guy energy (laughs) that they bring to the show and and banks kill like having this like growling deadpan that like he can be your guy to react to all of the insanity that is unfolding around him. Like a freak, like a Vietnam War vet who's like, look at these silly children I fought and died for for them to be able to put on their silly paintball games. <laughs> also, the, is it this episode that the end credits is the... Is the chair gag? Yes. <laughs> Damn, it's he has so a, long. He has just the most natural conversation a person has ever had when they're angry and on the phone with customer service and then immediately following that calls his mom and is like we're not going to be able to afford to bury dad i'm going to say this as short as possible we can't we can't afford to bury dad with the rest of the family 
just like Troy's crying. Like, what is this? <laughs> oh, it's really, it's really fucking good. It's, it's it, really good. It works even better than I remember it working. Because I haven't seen yeah, season gets, five as much as the others. It gets funnier each time you rewatch it, too. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, something about, like, oh, God, the way he laughs. And, like, when when Annie is like, he sent me this! And pulls out, like, that dead rat. And he's like, what? He's <laughs> like, she gave me this my witness intimidation project. Uh, you just open it up to... You couldn't have a scene with any other community character where you might possibly believe that they cooked Leonard into meatballs <laughs> before, <laughs> but Jonathan Banks makes you almost believe that Leonard has been cooked into meatballs. Yeah, you're kind of like, oh shit, is this, is this how Leonard goes? Wait, like, really? <laughs> we're in a weird, we're in a weird mental state already where we're not sure where this show's gonna go now that it's back to normal. Is are they going to throw a curveball at us that is Jeff accidentally ate the classmate? <laughs> and fucking, who knows? Uh, uh, I I love that this episode, we've talked about we've talked about just the introduction of Jonathan Banks so far, sure. and that like this episode also has the really, really genuine, in my opinion, genuinely good realization of Jeff that he could teach people things. Right. He can just and, teach it in his own way when he like, right. there are things that he's passionate about talking about. So like, he'll teach you all day about like circuitous getting witnesses to like talk over themselves. Right. Uh, it's, it's a, I, there's a better episode than I remember it being. This is like stealthily a really good episode of community. Yeah. It's very and, good. And it's dead. What? Like he a gave you a dead rat? <laughs> it's got an A minus on it. Ah, fuck! This episode's good. It's riot time, like Neil pushing over the trash can. Look, there's a riot in this episode. Also, there's a Nicolas Cage class. It's dense. That's the other thing. Yeah, there's a whole the whole Nicolas Cage thing's also happening simultaneously. Amazing. It comes amazing close to being like a little too internet memey for me, but it never crosses that line. Um, because like you have Danny Pudi doing a pretty excellent Nicolas Cage impression. Uh, and of course you bring back Greendale's greatest professor, Professor Garrity, uh, who is one of my favorite characters on the entire He's show. so good. Dude. This dude fucking kills me. Um, why does he, why is he so, why does he rule at being... The most overacting character yeah, on he, screen. He's funny it's weird when he's not playing a part. He's still like really overacting, being a human being. It's so good, <laughs> Mr. Oh, Sheffield, who I had no respect for. <laughs> uh, it's so so funny. It was supposed to be a little behind the scenes. They were supposed to bring back Stephen Tobolowski. Uh, the the professor from the the who's the boss episode, but he was unavailable. Sure. So they, uh, you know, consolation prize. They bring back Kevin Corrigan as Sean Garrity, which I will never be mad about. This is sadly, yeah, no, that's not a participation trophy. That is that is first place. <laughs> sadly, his last appearance on the show. But I could have watched. He could have become a main cast member for all I care. I would have loved four hundred more episodes with this dude. He's um, great. So oh my god, so this is the. This is the episode where Shirley fucking 
<laughs> outs knows she likes what hell hell, knows what Hellraiser is. Wait, you've seen uh, Hellraiser? You know the word Hellraiser. <laughs> <laughs> like, hold on, you get, you understand? It's a thing. What the fuck? Cenobites and uh, all that shit is is very good. Uh, you know, it's not like the most like emotionally weighty plotline or whatever. It doesn't really teach us anything spectacularly new about Abed, but I'm not mad. It's funny. <laughs> Makes me laugh. Uh, yeah, where do you great. come down on the great Nicolas Cage debate? Nicolas Cage, good or bad? I it's mm, that's unfair. Fuck you, that's unfair. But also, it's a, it's a false dichotomy. Yeah, no, it's a question with no one answer. Sure, <laughs> that, that, that's the the existence of Nicolas Cage is in itself a Schrodinger's cat. Sure, like it, every movie he's in could be great and it could be terrible, and you'll never know until you watch. And once you've watched it. You've only really spoiled the the answer of that question for yourself. Because <laughs> everyone yeah. else who's going to watch it is going to take something different from it. No, I I really like the movies I watched when I was younger, right? The National Treasure mm-hmm. movies. Great they're films. Fun. They're good. Great they're films. good. Um, I also liked The Rock. I haven't watched The Rock in a minute. I'm still good. Um, and I Don't say worry. that purely because when Sean Connery passed last year, I remember somebody sharing one scene that was like they got the Sean Connery to say this. And it was the scene where he's there climbing up the side of Alcatraz and Nicolas Cage says, I'll do my best. And Sean Connery's like, your best. Your <laughs> Losers best. do their best. Winners, Winners go, go home, home and fuck, fuck the prom, the prom queen. <laughs> Which, like, what the actual fuck who wrote I've this movie? I've seen The Rock so many times, dog. That movie the movie's, rules. That movie's great. Right, for, exactly. For me, Nicolas Cage is a full good. Because he has never once been boring. He is one of those guys. Uh, obviously, he does it in a different way than, like, Keith David. But it's like, you've never seen Keith David be bad. Like, Nicolas Cage is always sure. fucking entertaining. And that's not something I can say of most actors. Even ones I love have given a bad sure. performance from time to sure. time. But like Nick, I'm never bored. I'm always interested in what he's doing. Uh, you know, he he can do it. He can do it all. He can be fucking hot as hell in Moonstruck. He can be uh, your hilarious leading actor in Raising Arizona. And he can do action shock like Con Air. Or Ghost Rider, you know, like, yeah. or he can be a sympathetic, or he can be a sympathetic romantic character, like uh, it can happen to you. Yeah, or or the Family Man, where it's like a, a like a bespoke drama. Like he can, he he has a range of of facets that he can do. Uh, he's a, a Coppola. He's a member of the Coppola family. He's a so Coppola. Like, yep. So <laughs> none of that, comes up. <laughs> none of their careers are perfect. Uh, but I think they are all very talented at movie making, and I I love Cage. I a full good for me. Yeah, yeah. I as I'm sitting as I was sitting there, like I like this and I like this and I like this. I was trying to think of a movie I didn't like. Exactly. When like, have you I ever, can't. or at least like a movie you didn't like, but like you liked Cage. You liked Cage in yeah. the movie. Like I, what's that? What's there's two movies. Maybe it's only one. What's the movie where he can see the future? Next. <laughs> he can so see that, a few seconds into the future. That movie was fun as fuck. 
That movie's stupid. Was it good? I love it. Nah. But was it fun? Yes. It was that very movie, fun. That movie, Knowing, where he has the numbers that predict, like, plane crashes or whatever. That was the one I was also thinking of. <laughs> that ends with fucking aliens that are actually angels taking his son to a better yeah. world. What the fuck? That movie's <laughs> dumb as fuck. And I love it. A hundred percent. Uh, yeah, I think I'm watching, I think I'm watching a Nick Cage this weekend because he did, I'm on my Scorsese, my year long, uh, summer of Scorsese, uh, and he did one <laughs> Scorsese. He was in bringing out the dead. And I think that's what we're going to watch this weekend. Uh, nice. so I, you got a uh, basking cage this weekend, folks, raising Arizona, one of my favorite movies of all time. Uh, there's plenty to choose from. Put on a cage. Treat yourselves, folks. Have yourself grab get, grab your favorite booze and some and some takeout and have a raging cager. And you're like, it'll be it'll be great. <laughs> oh, <Christ. laughs> I respect it. I thank you for it. It'll be good. It'll, it, it will it will ostensibly be good. Whether or not the quality of the film lives up to that specific description. Immaterial. Time you Doesn't have, matter. It's, it's immaterial. <laughs> the time you have will be ostensibly and irrevocably good. Watch Face Off. You know, if you want an old classic, do a little Face Off. Yeah. Treat yourself. Do yeah. Spider Man into the Spider Verse. I don't care. <laughs> like, do, treat yourself. Oh my to God! You could. He's great as Spider Man Noir. Not it's so just good. good. Fucking great as Spider Man. Really Noir. fucking funny. Uh, yeah, you, you love it. I have no, <laughs> nothing but good things to say about Nick Cage. Uh, you, you gotta, you gotta love it. You, you gotta respect it. Uh, this is a wild fucking episode of Community. I'm <laughs> glad we've discussed it in this way. Dude, this episode uh, has so much going on. There's so much going on. And I feel like we've barely scratched the surface, but I also feel like <laughs> yes. we've been recording for so long that like, eventually we do have to start talking about something else. Right. Yeah, it's it's good though. Oh goodness, it's that's that's the thing. Good. That's the that's the realization you have, right? When watching this next to season four, mm-hmm. like I had when I was first watching it, realizing like there's something just fucking different about this. Yeah, like the, there's episodes of the previous season that I genuinely like, absolutely. But none of them were able to just like fucking pick up, put down, and throw out new. Or just different story shit as rapidly as these first two episodes do when when we get when it comes back right when season five starts absolutely it's like oh shit this is it's different because structurally it's fa- it just moves they had something to prove here it it just you you get that energy of like they're sure. throwing it all up there because they had something to prove again yeah it kind of feels a little bit like the. Not to get into like an out an auteur mindset, right? But like it feels a little bit like Dan Harmon was like, see, this show wasn't the same without me. Right. I mean it, it feels like he needed to prove it, even though he'd already yeah. gotten the job back. It, it <laughs> sure. felt like a, right. it felt like a proof of fucking concept. And it felt like yeah. uh you know, like M. Night Shyamalan, where for a while he was putting out like nonstop stinkers, and you're like, what happened? here and then he started making low budget movies where it was financed by him mortgaging his house and suddenly his movies were good again and you're like sure. oh he needed like the danger he needed to he needed feel stakes. like he had something on the line <laughs> yeah. at this point he needed uh, stakes back yeah 
Right. You you needed to to feel that edge a little bit. And yeah. uh, and that's I think what what happened here. Uh so let's jump into our rankings for this evening. Uh the first one is uh Abed's superhero commercial. This one yeah. is fine. It's, it's not it's fine. I'm looking down here in like the 60s like the Sophie B Hawkins zone. Yeah, I would put it over Shirley finds a hole. That's for sure. Oh, for sure. Oh, because that's no. just like I will use this for later. Right. There's like barely a joke, and she also seems yeah. like remarkably chill about finding a big hole in the side of her garage. In the side of her fucking house. Yeah. <laughs> um. Hmm. What's Kelvin and the Zeros? That's uh, John Goodman uh, describes that he said pillow. Yeah, band practice. Which gotcha. like that one's really reliant on you thinking it's funny that John Goodman plays a trumpet in a silly hat with a ponytail which i do i gotta say I, yeah no, that is that is good um i gotta say john goodman also in raising arizona with nick cage <laughs> check it out hey <laughs> six degrees of nicholas cage that's right um easier than that... kevin bacon nick cage has worked more i think he's worked with more people yeah sure you'd have to play like Three degrees of Nick Cage. Yeah, because you, you would never, you would never need to get to six. <laughs> right. Exactly. Yeah. Um. Hmm. Dean Pelt at the rave is just okay. This, I mean, this, so I, I think that 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 and this one are kind of the same. Kind of the same. Uh, if it were they're me, just like 16. we wanted to shoot more with mm-hmm. this one scene that we had in this episode, but mm-hmm. we didn't really have a place to put it, so we're gonna put it. Yeah, that's kind of what it felt like. Uh, so, like, number 60 is the Troy and Abed podcast. Um, so this one is, like, not quite as good. Like, the superhero commercial is not as good as that one for me. So we're like, where were I? I would put it new number 62, right above Shirley Finds a Hole. But beneath Sophie B. Hawkins. Yeah, do it. All right. I don't remember uh, the Sophie B. Hawkins. Well, hey, why won't you let me click here? Oh, oh I have to request edit access of myself. To yourself? Get a piece of paper and write it down. Uh, nobody look at what's happening. Ah, look away. Look away. <laughs> you gotta send yourself. Oh my god, I have to send invite. myself a fucking email. Those technical uh, difficulties will be the goddamn death of me. <laughs> at least my computer came back on before. before we yeah, started. no, this is. There are, you know, there are there are silver linings on many clouds. I won't even say most. This you were lucky is... enough to get one with a silver lining in some yeah, way this this is a silver linings playbook if i've ever seen one oof let's talk about a movie that doesn't talk about mental health well hi <laughs> i was uh so i listened to a podcast while you're trying to get this figured out i listened to a oh, podcast cool. called depression mode which just started oh john uh john mo yes um it's very good the first episodes of Patton oswald um and so like just because you know the internet and my phone's listening to me and whatever I've also been like kind of noticing his tweets more often. Mm-hmm. And like today he tweeted that he just watched Silver Linings Playbook. And his tweet was, just watch Silver Linings Playbook for the first time. What the fuck? <laughs> I was like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Someone who was like young and getting ready for or just into college and about to or just encountering depression, watching that movie made me feel very weird. <laughs> I did not know how to think about things for a minute. But you know, it ended up I ended up figuring it out, just not with the help of that movie. 
Right, absolutely. Oh god, I'm gonna have to do so much cleaning up. I'm I'm fucking editing it on my phone, but you're looking at it on the, <laughs> the desk. Yeah, it's real fucking weird, dude. I was like, wait, your cursor's not moving. Oh no, it's being cloud written. <laughs> it's being I uh could not figure it out. <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. So so uh, I'm not even gonna it. tell you that you put it in the wrong place. God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> Oh God! Uh, I'm sorry. I, really I am now so thankful for every time my computer has worked. You know what I mean? It really puts things yeah, in perspective. Yeah, yeah. Oh, boy. See, I gave yeah. my grandma my laptop because I didn't use it. Because now I have this big setup. And yeah. the first day this didn't work or like needed to update, and I needed to do something, I was like, "Oh no! Oh, oh no! <laughs> my only computer's in the basement." Now. That's that's disgusting. I'm so sorry that that happened to you. That's fine. I'll be all right. I don't need to spend another $1,200 on a laptop just so I can write poetry notes on it. I can do it. <laughs> right. Absolutely. No, no, uh, yeah. Fuck you. Hey, babe, right. can you spend 1200 bucks on my bullshit? Thanks. Hey, hey babe. <laughs> babe, hey, babe. Can I have $1,200? Babe. Babe, no, babe. Babe. Babe, wait. No, babe. Babe, wait. No, babe. <laughs> hey, uh, Hot Rod. Nicholas Cage is not in it. Everyone go watch Hot Rod. That movie's fucking incredible. That movie's fucking funny. Uh, you know, the the other, like, Lonely Island movies, I think, are, like, the, when they had more complete creative control, when it wasn't, like, a last-minute rewrite of a Will Ferrell movie. I think those, uh, right. like, Pop Star is, like, perfect. Uh, but Hot Rod has these, like, five transcendent moments of comedy. Just, like, moments that take it into the stratosphere. I'm specifically thinking of the riot <laughs> sequence, which is so fucking funny just out there uh and everything chris parnell does as the last bastion of am radio uh anyway hot rod check it out let's rank the next uh end tag which i have taken the liberty of scrolled up very high on this one because yes. this one is very good <laughs> it's real good oh man <sighs> hmm. i laugh more at this than i do pledge drive and that's number 11. I got to say, I, I'm pretty close to agreement with you here. I think this one cracks. This one cracks top 10. I think we got to do entry into the top 10. It's been some yeah. time. It's been some time. It's, uh, mm, it's better than Abed stand up. Yes. I it's think Cartoon than... Tunnel is maybe my cap. Yeah. Yeah. Because the Cartoon think... Tunnel is tr very good. It's, it's too good. I think Batman chat might even be my... Oh, fuck. Pepperwater's really good. Yeah, you love Pepperwater. You're the number one Pepperwater fan. I, I think I think Batman chat's my cap, though. So this okay. could be the new eight. New eight Displace, is fine Displacing Pepperwater. I'm going to have to renumber all of these. I'm furious. Um, <laughs> it's Pepperwater. <laughs> Pepper in water. Uh, okay, what what do I call this one? Hickey hiding. <laughs> That's, that sounds completely different than what's happening. But, that's but yet, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. All right. And up into the episodes I'm just proper. I'm going to say this as quickly as I can. Can't afford to bury death with the rest of the family. <laughs> with the rest of the family. Oh, shit. This is fucking funny. Fun uh, fact, because right. we've talked about it before on this podcast, and we'll talk about it again on this podcast. Oh, I dropped my water bottle. Buzz, Buzz Hickey plays Commissioner Gordon in Arkham Knight, the last yes. of the Batman game. Well, not the last ever. 
But the last yeah, of they're the probably Arkham's not the last. Right, the last of the Arkham franchise produced by that studio. Right, and he's really good as the old commissioner. He's pretty good. Yeah, he nails it. Yeah, not I mean, hard like, to nail it. Was there any? Was there any doubt in your no mind? exactly? And you're that guy. No, no <laughs> doubt. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, call me Gwen Stefani because I have no doubt. Um, all wow. right. The yeah. Friday. You're welcome. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> okay. Change is incredible. So the episode rankings proper, you know, for repilot, I say let's start with the pilot as our ranking point. Uh, number 58. I am going to give repilot the slight edge on this one. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Um, so cracking up, although I think we're in the right zone because I think repilot yeah, has good jokes. I don't jokes. think it beats. I don't think it beats. Um, oh, wait, foosball. Not football. I was thinking. No, but I don't think this beats foosball either. It doesn't. No. <laughs> I don't. I don't think so. We're in the right zone. Um, introduction to finality, the season three finale. Uh, the last time Rob Cordry appeared, I don't think we're up there either. What's the season four finale called? Uh, advanced introduction to finality. Stupid. I'm Disgusting. Uh, uh, I think repilot. You know, I. If it's between that and like the Scooby Doo Paranormal Parentage episode, slight edge to Paranormal Parentage. Yeah, Intro to Poli Sci is the Model UN episode, right? No, Intro to Poli Sci is the election episode. Oh, not beating that. So yeah, yeah. New fifty-five. Fifty-five. I would say fifty-six, just beneath Paranormal Parentage. Interesting. I don't think this is worse than a season four episode. Well, it's worse than a couple, just based on our rankings. Because uh, Herstory of Dance mm. is up here. No, yeah, you're right. That was a dumb thing for me to say. <laughs> <laughs> just, yeah, just the... Okay, uh, 50, 56. I was being petty right there. That's what that was, fans. Oh, yeah, I mean, that yeah, was me we're being allowed. Petty. <laughs> uh, new number 56, uh, Repilote. I think that is... A good spot for it. I could fucking <laughs> re <-pulitzer. auto> <laughs> Listen, I'm typing this on my phone, and it it's does okay. not like the word. A, I'm not judging you. You're to, judging you. To my phone's credit, repilot is not a word. <laughs> to, to its credit, it is not a word. Yeah, but also against your phone's credit, shut the fuck up. I know what I want to type. <laughs> yeah, leave me alone. I know what I want to type. <laughs> leave me alone. I know who I am. I know you're not my dad. Uh, <laughs> you're my now you're on cell phone. To... The introduction to teaching, which is a little little further up for me than I was yeah, expecting it to no, it's, be. It's up there. If we're like we have whole episodes where we like have ranked them based on specific bits, right? This episode's yeah. chock fuck a chock a block full of them. Chock a block of fucking bits. <laughs> chock a block of fucking bits. Chock a block of fucking ah. bits. And it's dense. Okay, so here is I think a good a good uh judging point for us digital estate planning the video game episode uh -huh. how are we feeling in this zone i think it's above that purely because it has more going on there's a lot more going on digital like estate if planning, we're gonna talk about its multiple it's very simple you know it's right. they play a video game <laughs> yeah this digital estate planning is throwing a ball up to yourself and catching it whereas i feel like intro to teaching is juggling three balls Proficiently. 
Certainly. Uh, and and somehow making those balls, you know, intersect in a, in a gratifying way. Making all Almost the... as if they were a Fushigi ball. Am I right, folks? I don't know what that means. Folks at home, did you get that? I didn't. You don't know what Fushigi balls are? Nah, dog. Those dumb, I got Fushigi those, balls right here. <laughs> <laughs> Shut the fuck up. They're yeah, those dumb know. glass balls they used to sell on TV that David Bowie uses in fucking... Labyrinth? Labyrinth, yeah. Oh, the little the little handballs. Doing the yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, cool. Dance magic. All right, I don't know if anybody noticed when I said David Bowie, I kind of turned cockney. David Bowie? I was like David Bowie. <laughs> what the fuck? My brain, my mouth. All of it's yeah. broken and stupid. Uh, um, but yeah, I would put this above forty three. So above forty three. Mm, I'm in a ooh, he this is you don't, you don't think it's better than digital estate planning? God, digital estate planning has the bit where Annie and Shirley murder like the shopkeepers family. Mm-hmm. It mm-hmm. has it has the bit where Abed exploits a program to make it have children with him. Yeah, it has like a child factory, Ch- child labor, also child uh, labor. yeah, child factory. God, I'm this is the oh, I feel. I it feel also like has I a boss you... battle with a racist Colonel Sanders. Die so. racism, j- jive turkeys. Uh, <laughs> I think I have to give slight edge to digital estate planning, but that might I. I wish we had a tie-breaking vote. <laughs> I wish there was a third. I mean, we could here. put a provisional on it, right? You've no. not used an asterisk yet in this document, so you could very easily control F and asterisk. So if you want to put it at 44 and put an asterisk next to it and see if when Jace is available, if they have a different opinion or can lend a vote to either side. Hmm. That's interesting. Bold. You know, I will, I will concede. I will say a new number 43 S five gave up e, really quickly. <laughs> e two, you know my convictions. I sometimes have courage of them. This it is not this day. Uh, introduction to teaching. Uh, excellent. Wow, a good early showing for season five already. Jace, uh, just so you know, I've I fought very hard so that you may have a vote. Yeah. Listen, I take away. Can I break your heart real quick? Sure. Go back to the the ranking. Uh huh. It did not change the numbers. Yes, I know. I I've I've sort of been vocalizing that as I go along. I'm gonna have to once I have when I have the Microsoft Word document where it automatically updates. I'll like fix this and then I'll copy paste. But I needed to have like the visual record for now. Okay. But I wasn't sure if you don't worry. A a pain in my ass awaits me. You know, it's sort of it's sort of a delayed pain in the ass. Yeah. Um, and I actually I have this handy. Um, uh, uh, I don't know if this is showing up on the screen, but the the Excel sheet here uh, mm-hmm. uh, where it automatically does our averages by season uh, yes. when I when I plug it in. But it's just not as visually pleasing as the the word doc um, when it comes to screenshotting it and posting it on Twitter dot com. No, this this is a this is also I've, Excel is a thing that works for people. I am not one of those. Oh my god! And this episode had the Excel joke. <laughs> we didn't it even did. talk about it the runner did. with Microsoft Excel uh, and the French 
<laughs> oh, what was I talking about? The introduction to teaching beats the video game episode. <laughs> okay, there it is. The Excel joke. <laughs> I completely fucking spaced on the Excel joke until until right fucking now. There it is. Unbelievable. Yeah, so you won uh, anyway. So congratulations on that. I'm not trying to win. I'm, I'm merely but it, trying you know, congratulations to... that you did. Thank you. <laughs> not trying to win. I'll take it. No, that's that's that, that's almost worse. What I just did. I'm not trying to win, but thank oh, you. For... I make it look easy. Yeah, yeah. I once I once played a game of Rocket League uh, poorly, in my opinion, and beat uh, my uncle. And he was like, "You destroyed me." And I was like, "I didn't even play that well." And it <laughs> it meant to be me being like. Right, but I when don't you know. do those self-deprecating <laughs> things about competition, it's actually like, oh, wait. You people... weren't even hard to fucking beat, loser. <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah, I exactly. felt like such an asshole. Uh, it was really funny, though. Yeah, no, that's a very, that's a good bit um, that you just burned uh, your uncle so fucking hard. Um, uh, do you want to do plugs while I plug in uh, our our rankings here into yeah, the Excel sure. sheet? Yeah, sure. Um. I don't have much going on currently. Like, I don't have anything to tell you to look forward to this week, but I am currently in talks with um, one of the hosts of the Fictitious podcast, uh, which is a podcast that focuses on storytelling and science fiction. His name's Adrian Buskey. He's, uh, last I remember, a relatively local podcast host who I've uh, interacted with several times in in town, and also we linked up at Comic-Con in San Diego once, which was really fucking cool. Um, and then, uh, I'm also in the process of putting together a audio drama that's actually starting to come together, which is cool. I st- I went away from doing all of the, like, I want to have sound effects and many characters. It's going to be a real intimate drama between two estranged brothers that are transporting the, the, the body of their estranged and now deceased father. Um, so keep your eyes peeled for that. It's going to be a minute, but I'm going to talk about it a lot because I like talking about things that I like. Um, Hell yeah. Outside of that, this week on Thursday, we've got another episode of the Nerdy Bits podcast. Thursday at 9 o'clock on Twitch.tv slash Nerdy Bits TV. We're talking about the Snyder Cut <laughs> at length. I will probably be one of the only dissenting voices because everybody's relatively happy with it. But we'll see. Um, wow. and then... Yeah, most people seem to be. I feel like the outlier, and that's fine. I'm glad people enjoyed the four-hour yeah. thing they watched. <laughs> I genuinely hope everyone enjoys something that takes that much time out of their life. But um, I enjoyed you know... the podcast I did about it. <laughs> after there you go. There you I go. enjoyed talking to my friend you Justin said afterward, about it for though. a while. <laughs> yeah, sure. Um, that's all I got, though. Those Those few things that are... One near and many far. Would that this desk were a time desk. So I could correct my past mistakes. <laughs> oh, God, I love fucking Professor Sean Garrity. That's the funniest fucking dude. There's no room for story here. Yeah. Oh, God bless it. Your assignment for tonight, go home and drink a glass of wine in a bathtub. Uh, absolutely fucking uh phenomenal uh my plugs you know that snyder cut episode is on this very feed it's literally the file preceding this one you can find it um and then uh, a brief reminder on uh tuesday 420 blaze it uh we are doing our uh uh one year anniversary celebration live stream rpg where we will catch and unmask 
the ass crack bandit uh, that is going to be live on my YouTube channel. And then that audio file will be uh, uploaded to this podcast feed and the video will stay. The VOD will stay up on my YouTube channel uh, for all time. Uh, a, a frankly shocking. I would I, I I'm not going to report the averages every week. Um, but I, if, if they, uh, reveal something interesting, I'm going to season fives is currently in first place of the end tags ranking. <laughs> it has, it has sure. made a good early showing by yeah. claiming the number one spot. Yeah. It's only got, it's got everything to lose from here. Doesn't it? Absolutely. But there's also a lot of end tag bangers. Like I of course love. Troy not Ben. But when they leave and we start getting shit like the Coogler movie trailer. <laughs> so fucking like, good. Oh my god. This is where it like transforms into something uh new. Uh and right now, season five is the middlest season of our episode rankings, just barely eking out season one for the third place slot. Uh we will be back next week for the one and only Ass Crack Bandit episode. Yeah. Fuck, dude. Is this a is this a, a Zodiac? Yeah, this is the Zodiac Oof. Seven okay. Fincher homage, um, and it's good as hell. Spoilers for our discussion of this episode. It's, it's good as good. hell. Um, we will be back next week uh, with hopefully fewer technical difficulties. But until then, pop, 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 pop. There's something XL and XL and XL. so fucking dumb. Season four doesn't have anything that gloriously strange. You know what I mean? Right. Just like this insane joke. I love it. I love it. It's so weird. It's so weird. Fantastic. But they commit to it. Commit to the bit. Commit. One must commit to the bit. This has been a Talk Back Podcast. That was quite a show. Very entertaining. Please tell your friends about this show. Boopy doopy doop boop sex. Larry, I'm on DuckTales.